What is up, everyone? We are here with podcast number 100. We're on here, number 105, with Trevor Vines, one of the pioneers of FMX, and actually the very first FMX rider uh, to have a factory, you know, support ride uh, with, of course, Yamaha. And then just like I posted that picture, everybody knows Trevor with the Sobe graphics and uh, the big Slater skins. Right, Nick? I love the Slater skins. <laughs> you can put them on a YZ80, though, so it never worked out. <laughs> um, like always, we're brought to you by uh, Canvas MX. Uh, brand yourself you can get your own trevor you could get tv land on your jersey if you wanted uh that's canvasmx.com um also stroker industries they got uh fuel nozzles for your gas can so you don't spill all over your graphics and who else who am i forgetting he's bailing on us (laughs) now i'm Get some nice little goodies for your for your motorcycle. What happened to your camera, Trevor? I'm hard to <laughs> sit still. I don't know. Is it? Uh... It's black. It just says Trevor Vines. There you go. Yo, how about now? There you my go. My camera, my phone's actually smashed. So the front camera that normally would face me, so yep. I could see you guys too, is all. That's what was all fuzzed out earlier, and it's kind of smashed. And I'm getting too old for selfies anyway, so it's fine. You weren't worried about it. And, I spun it around, and you guys are on the backside, but I can't see what I got. So you're oh, good. Sucks. You're in frame. Oh, you I'm in just, frame. You can't see our ugly faces, though. <laughs> Sorry. Blessed with my ugly face. You must be very disappointed. <laughs> I saw you at first, Clint. You're looking good with the earphones on. Trying to, you look like you were deep in thought, figuring out what was going on. <laughs> yeah, or trying to uh, send it out. I think I was on a. Um, instagram live telling everybody that i think you guys were pooping and that's where you were where I, why we weren't live yet did you also yeah, have to poop? <laughs> nick is like i said are you good for seven he says yeah and then he sends me a video or a, a picture of his pants while he's sitting on the toilet <laughs> Dude, it just he's hit ready. all of a sudden i was like kid me right before the thing Drank too much coffee this afternoon. I just ate a bunch of lasagna and it about put me to bed. So I'm like, I got to have some coffee. Uh, yep. Don't blame the lasagna. They got me. So what's up, Trevor? What have you been doing? And you went black again. Oh, let me see here. This is uh, giving me grief. Yeah. So uh, not much. I've been uh, just getting my place ready to go for... This season, I've had one practice here. We were open a couple weekends ago, and now this whole world's kind of changing. And I'm not sure. I got some people I think want to come out and ride this weekend, but um, not sure of the protocol on that. Um, But outdoor activities and stuff, I think, are still okay. Um, Exercise and that type of thing is loud. Can you guys see me? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you're good. Um, I think my battery was going dead. Uh, my phone's got all kinds of issues but um so yeah just uh, now everybody's on house arrest kind of quarantine style i've been able to get a lot of work done around here and clean up and just get things ready for this season um i got a i took a job with feld actually uh, in january 
doing monster jams, building courses, helping build the courses from bringing the dirt in to creating and sculpting everything, keeping it nice for the event and then load the dirt out, which it's a lot of work. It's definitely way more than we ever did as riders, but I really dig it. It's a lot of fun too. And, uh, running all the new cat equipments that dream, like it's pretty fun deal and to to go through all the motions and, and then be there for the event and see what goes on, like, you know, behind the curtain and, and then clean it all up afterwards. It's pretty cool. Actually, there's, there's a lot to it. Those guys really put a lot of heart into it. So it's, it's fun to be involved um, on the dirt crew. And you just used to show up and be like, yo, where's catering? Where's and food? They- and they're like, you can't even have <laughs> food because you weren't here all week on the court. So it was like, man, I just want to talk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, and then practice a little bit and then leave and then come back the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't. It was an easy gig. It was a little bit of risk. As you know, yeah, it was but, risky, um, but t- not as time consuming. You know, not nearly as time consuming. You still had to be there for a few days, but you know, when we were done riding at at nine o'clock on Saturday, we were loading our bikes up and maybe watching Gravedigger do some donuts and leaving. Yeah, and I'm still there the whole time, flipping trucks over, or, you know, cleaning things out. And then when the show's done, that's when we really start back to work you know, moving the dirt out. I, I was fortunate. I did a bunch of shows at Anaheim. They actually had five monster jams in Anaheim. And so we would go back and forth between Anaheim and San Diego and with the Supercross and all of our monster events, we, um, we left the dirt in there for like like two months. So we kind of, we didn't have to take it out and put it back in every time. I wasn't in a fresh venue that had a full load in and a full load out every time. So that made it a little bit easier. How dry was the dirt by the last weekend? Terror. Like it was super dry. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, remember, and I, I saw I mean, one of the super crosses there and I was like, that dirt's been sitting there for a long ass time. Cause you could tell it was just like starting to. Yeah. Like it's, it's so it's dead. <laughs> um, that dirt, a lot of it, like last year when they had, all the monsoon rain out there for a month you know they had mud events at anaheim and san diego all last year and that's anaheim was where they did the lime deal yeah and so all that dirt's kind of full of that you know lime and um so it got super dry whatever extra dry (laughs) it's super especially southern california i mean the it, it didn't rain at all when we were out there so um we would leave and go to san diego the next weekend and then come back so we came back like 12 days later or whatever, and yeah, just cooked. The dirt was white. It just looks like Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just start over and bring it back. Um, so you were talking about having races. If people that don't know, you have TV land, right? Not not the TV station. TV land is a motorcross track. <laughs> Trevor Pine Dirt Bike Park, yeah. <laughs> Um, somebody thought that was a good idea back in the day. So I went with it and should have probably named it something else, but nonetheless, <laughs> TV land MX, I threw an MX in there after it, but, um, For yeah, I've got a 53 purposes. acre motocross park with uh, four tracks and a little freestyle area that when the weather allows, I do either, uh, open practices a lot or, uh, some sanctioned races. I had nice. an, uh, AMA state championship last year had almost 500 riders it was pretty pretty cool weekend hectic for sure um 
might have bit off a little more than I was ready for, but it was it happened and it was cool. It it, it was good. Um, I guess are the so are, do you live on the property there? Like, I do. Okay, cool. I actually live in a barn. Yeah, I was looking at all the wood. It's basically all wood there. Yeah, everything that you've the camera swung around and seen has been pine or something. Oh, right on. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the stuff I did myself, all nice. the construction and just been a work in progress. I work inside in the winter and outside in the summer. Makes it nice living here. So then I'm not you know commuting back and forth or wishing I was somewhere else. I can just be based out of here and then do what I'm doing and then. You're if way, to go you're way more somewhere. redneck than I would have than I would have thought. Did you hear me? What? You're way more <laughs> redneck than I would have thought. That's what you thought. What you no, say? I said you're kind way of... more redneck than I would have thought. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's just because uh, you had all your stuff together so much when you rode freestyle everything. Normally, rednecks aren't that together and have that nice of stuff, you know? Um, I'm kind of, I, it's, uh, yeah, my stuff's pretty tight here. There's a lot of wood, and it is a little bit, uh, I'm definitely in the country, but, yeah. Um, so you want to talk about the beginning? Some, some. Uh, you were you were there, and pretty much we started watching. Uh, basically, the first contests and stuff. We watched X Games two thousand. What are you drinking? Is that a all day IPA? It is. Yeah. You told oh, me to make sure I had a beer. That's so. right. Don't worry. I got tequila and water, and I think he's drinking Not tea over there. So, oh, okay. This and coffee. They go. They pair well. Just making sure. I want to see what you have. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we watch. I'm keeping it, keeping it light right now. I like <laughs> to make some beer. I can show you my beer making area. Yeah. I, that might be a little less redneck. See that? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. You like, don't know about that. This <laughs> is a moonshine still. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally redneck. It's kind weird. of. Like, here, let me show you. I'll take you a little. Here's my. Nice. <clears throat> let me see here. Let me get some lights on. Show you my redneck, redneck haven here. <laughs> Sweet. So we got, uh, yep. Now you're in Ohio. Yep. This is downstairs. Damn, that's nice. Here's the uh, residual of my sunset going on right now. Awesome, dude. Your spot is killer. Yep. yep you have to. You have to come out sometime, Clint. Yeah. See how, see how redneck it is. You got a it's, big ass tabletop landing. Yep. Yeah, right. big one. All right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit dark. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's yeah. Uh, you can't. Get there. It's too dark. So, uh, yeah. Let me show you. Let me show you the moonshine still. All right, see? <laughs> this is awesome, dude. No, I don't do no movies time, but this is my I this I do make beer over here. And uh 
Let me get some more lights on here. What kind of beer are you making? Um, I make a variety. I make a lot of IPAs because that's what I like to drink. Um, but I make like black stouts or porters. Nice. There's my put them in there. Awesome. This is Got all climate control underneath there. I can I make stuff in there and there and then stash it for a month and hope it turns out good. Wow, Damn, dude, that's dude. a setup right there. I told this you. Is this is my downstairs. This is my downstairs redneck Don't. area. <laughs> dude, that's sick. So the whole it's it's uh the house is a barn. Yeah, it is a barn. Cool. The Amish built this barn in 1998, and then I bought it in 2001, and there was nothing in it. So Sweet. I started upstairs here. This is the upstairs of my barn. This awesome. is kind of where I live. I don't know if it's kind of dark if you can see it or not. But yeah. So that's all. Did they? Uh, did they use nails? The those Amish. They use nails? No, they don't have. They they didn't have access to metal. <laughs> they yeah, they used nail screws and screws. Yep, all that uh, stuff. I was hoping they'd put wood. They just because they don't drive that. doesn't mean they can't get tools and uh, <laughs> all that goodness. Takes longer. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's whatever. Pretty. I'm bizarre. I'm an odd dude, but to live out here. I oh, know that looks like the dream setup. Yeah. Especially for are those ponds? Yeah. It's just one. I made. One? I dug these out. Oh yeah. Jeez. How deep are they? Mm, seven to ten feet. So is that basically all the dirt for the tracks? Um, I did, there's another one. There's a big one out back. That's most of the dirt for the tracks. Those are these the ones small up here. Pond. I just did them to kind of for looks and aesthetics in the backyard. Did you put some fish in there? Florida. Yep. Sick. Yep. Them. Our county, actually, each year we can buy cheap fish in the springtime and stock the ponds. So every year I I try to stock them. I have like 10 ponds here on the property. So each year I try to stock a couple of them a little bit heavier. Awesome. For the apocalypse, I'll be eating fish. There you go. What kind of fish did you? Just kidding. <laughs> um, just, just. perch and uh, bass we fish them my nephews like to fish them dude if you gotta be stuck inside you got like the ideal setup if Fine. I gotta be stuck inside it's not so bad well, no. yeah, sweet. but sweet. you're far enough away from everybody that you don't have to be stuck inside you can be on your big ass ranch riding dirt bikes yeah yeah i mean riding dirt bikes or driving tractors or um you know riding snowmobile or take off on a street bike we're allowed to do that right now once it's warm i've actually been out uh oh that's his redneck internet <laughs> <laughs> ohio that's almost flyover state Oh, yeah, it's pretty close. It's an imitation one at the very least. It's like a poser flyover state. Wannabes. <laughs> Trying they to wanna, be in the Midwest. That's right. They want to be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> They're too, too far east. Ohio's fucking nice. Lived out there for a summer. Where? 
in um, Columbus, right in the middle. What, where he looks seems huh? Everyone's really polite in Ohio. Aren't they in the uh, noise? I knew he was going to bail on us. That's it. It's an April Fool's prank. He just, he just was like, yeah, yeah. He wanted to uh, plug TV Land MX, and that was it. Get out of here. He just, he's like, all right, I'm done. Shut it down. Did he, oh, Danny D. Wayne's in here. What up, Danny? Can you hear me? Am I making, is it making weird noise? Because I was setting up my microphone the same way. No. Let me check while, while he's uh, honest. Well, he, well, he's he missing. Like, yeah, yeah. No, sounds good. You're all good. All right. I was setting it up right, like we did Danny? last time, but I wasn't thinking that I'm not playing any videos. You're not? Well, I can. Yeah, you should pull up TV videos. All actually, right. actually, you're a hard man to find, Trevor. Uh, the only fucking pictures I've found just about of you riding are from your website. He's muted. Hold on. Oh, he's connecting on. Hey, my back now? Yep, you're back. Sorry, dude. My phone was, yep. Went dead? I got all kinds of excuses. I'm out here redneck heaven. I don't know how to run these things. <laughs> <laughs> if we could do this show on a tractor, you'd be dialed. I could do it on a tractor, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck. I got ways to keep my phone charged on the tractor. There you go. Um, yeah, dude, you were right in the beginning. We're going to get into, uh, what, didn't we do some Blue Torch TV? We did. I don't think, uh, that, well, Nick and I watched some. I have some that I got, uh, transferred from VHS to a hard drive. Um, uh, the ones that were on the tape we watched so far were, uh, like the militia ones, but I think the whole other set I have, I think you're in a bunch of them. Um, yeah, yeah. You, Blue Torch TV was big back then. Yeah. They had some good um, the ride and slide events. Did you do some of those? Like no. there was one in Florida, and I didn't get to do were, that. Um, I don't remember what happened, but I never. Uh, I know uh, Renner and those guys all wrote it, and uh, I yep. think I have that one on tape yep. too. Yep. Your uh, your it just says Trevor Vines again. Your camera turned off. Uh, Sorry. What do you got going on, Nick? Oh, TV uh, Land MX. Trevor, here, you might want to just stay watching if you can see us. What's this Trevor Vines TV Land MX 2017? It's like a promo for your spot. He disappeared. Is it too loud? Yeah, just because of the music. I don't want him to give me shit. Am I down? Um, I may have to push those ramps in to hit him. Nick, it's too big. Bump <laughs> <laughs> him up, dude. I'm not too proud. Has he got a little rhythm section there? Or is that just a berm? I think that's a first ramp. He he dipped on us again. Look, some MX suspension. He needs to load it on whoever else's phone is there. That's what he needs to do. Look at him. He looked over on him, cut him, wheelied, and cut him off. <laughs> I would see that again. <laughs> um, I mean, the place looks sick. I would love to go out there. Obviously, his house and stuff. That's all cool. Make a trip. Yeah. We'll drink all his homemade beer. Yeah. We'll ride his tracks. Do a podcast right in his man cave. He'll end up just kicking us out. 
kicking you out. Where do you out. see Danny B. Wayne? He's in the um, Zoom. He's in Zoom. Oh, the chat. Zoom. I forgot about that extra little thing. See Danny D. Wayne. I think when y'all Yankees, when y'all Yankees call themselves rednecks, they're kind of being a culture vulture. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Trevor has a redneck heaven set up, so he's good. <laughs> he's appropriating <laughs> Danny's culture. We're appropriating redneckness. Yo, I don't like it when people with hair shave their heads. That's baldness appropriation. And, uh, you know, there's only a finite amount of girls that are interested in bald guys, and you're just stealing from our our talent pool. Unfair. Mark Marquez. Let's see. Mark Marquez. Oh, are you reading the next one? No, it would just... Ever vines the tricks and backflips. There we got to go. find him saying don't want to bone her out or whatever. Yeah. That was from that, uh, yeah, this is old monster jam. Jacksonville. I might be in this. Not shitting you. What year was it from? Uh, I don't know. 240p. Oh. Is that when he's factory Yamaha? Look at that. This Maybe. stuff looked dialed right there. Maybe. I did a winter with him. No, there's Paul Smith and somebody else. Probably Adam Kuzno. I was not at this one. But I do have a good story about, uh, well, it's just a super short little story about being at a Monster Jam with him. Save we, it for when he comes back? Or are we you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I need to say it in front of him so he gets mad about yeah. it. <laughs> uh yeah, we went to, um, we did a bunch of Monster Jams together, and we also went to Alaska together. Uh, there was like nine of us in Alaska, but he was one of the guys. Was there a Monster Jam in Alaska? No, it was uh, some kind of freestyle tour. On, um, we did one weekend in Anchorage, and then one re weekend in um, Fairbanks. I think it was... Yeah, it was Anchorage and then Fairbanks, because Fairbanks is in the middle of nowhere. So we did Anchorage first, and then uh, it was like an eight-hour drive. This is actually a really good story, too, that I don't need to tell without him. <laughs> we, he wasn't there. We wrecked a um, minivan. He wasn't there for that. He, uh, I guess, was probably being responsible or something. But uh, So I can tell this part. He'll probably – he obviously knows that the minivan got messed up, so – we went to the bar and then we were on the way back and I'm in the back like wrestling with Michael Gravett and Winstead is in the passenger seat and Casey Higgins is driving and somebody was behind us further in the very back. And uh, like I said, me and Michael for some reason are wrestling and then I hear Casey from the driver's seat go, should we do a donut? And, and, and Winstead's like, you know, of course. So then he goes to cut this donut. And then all of a sudden we feel the thing go boom, ba boom, boom. And we're like, what the hell happened? They're like, no, it's fine. So he like clipped a, um, a side of a building. And then, yeah, that was slow. Uh, he clipped the side of a building and there was this big ass curb there. And, uh, we didn't realize it. So he just pulls like it's the parking lot next to the hotel. So he pulls out onto the street, pulls down and pulls into the hotel parking lot. And we park it and we all were like, hey, so the story is that 
Because the one side fender had like a little scuff on it. So we're like, the story is we're going to back out of, uh, we backed out of a spot and there was a pole there and we clipped the front end with the pole, you know? So uh, (laughs) we must have been the second room that the guy came to. And he's like, he asks and we go, oh, we backed that thing. We clipped the pole. He goes, that's what they said in the other (laughs) room. He's, He's like, he's like, uh, a fist size hole does not end up in the transmission pan by <laughs> clipping a pole. And we're just like, what? And he's like, yeah, there's a trail of oil right next door to the next parking lot. <laughs> so, uh, at least everybody to- stuck to the story, dude. Yeah, we were, we we're, so you know what I mean? We we're a bunch what, of What did he just reverse trap it or what? Uh, no, when he hit the wall, that curb. He clipped oh, the curb up with the pan. It hit the pan and um, put a big hole in it. We didn't Who let five, four plus uh, freestylers take a vehicle? You know, we were there like, for like two weeks. What were they going to oh, do? Dude, every time it's like the, <laughs> it's the, the special class or all the kids who get kicked out. Yo, so uh, they had to drive a trailer up to Fairbanks pick the with a minivan on it drop that minivan off, grab the our broken down minivan, trailer it all the way back, and then do the transmission. It was like eight grand. <laughs> <laughs> Who, whose van? A rental. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I thought you could just light those on fire and be done with them. Uh, I don't Maybe think they got Alaska. the insurance. I'm pretty you sure didn't they didn't have insurance. I'm pretty sure they did not get the insurance. On a rental yeah. for freestylers. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> their fault. That's they how I feel. They it to you without insurance. Listen, it still cost me like fucking 800 bucks or something. Like we all chipped into it. I'm like, oh. I'm like, dude, he goes, I asked you, you guys said, okay. And I'm like, that's <laughs> a stupid statement. Of course we said, I like, I'm like, I didn't say shit. I was wrestling in the back seat. I'm like, Jeff said, yeah, which, you know, Jeff's going to say, yeah, to this fucking mess. Yeah. The only reason you're asking is so if this happens, yeah, you, can go, you said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, sucks if you weren't a flip rider at that show, because then, uh, uh none of us were, the oh, old, shit. there was like, uh, I want to say no. Oh, but then that would have been back when they were paying good. Well, good, yeah, but it was right? only one guy, and I don't think he was with us. It was me, Higgins. Uh, this is a sick little course here he's got. Yeah. Me, Higgins, um, Michael Gravett, uh, Jeff Winstead, and like I said, I can't remember who the hell was in the back seat. It was me, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't on that damn trip. I would have remembered that. The eight-hour drive in between, um, like, up to Fairbanks, those guys were, I don't really drink that much. So they're all just drinking like crazy. And I'm like, I know <laughs> this is not going to be fun, drinking in the car and having to pee, like, fucking constantly. <laughs> so I didn't drink. We were smoking the whole time. Uh, so <clears throat> Michael Gravit, they're drinking and drinking and drinking. And Michael Gravit is dipping he's got a big dip in too and he's spitting into he's got like a monster can and he like popped the top open 
So we're sitting there, and all of a sudden I see him start to be like, like he's going to throw up. He throws up into the can. He's literally sitting right next to me because we're in a minivan. Like, so we're like shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> and I see him like, and all of a sudden he just fills the can up to the top and cuts it off. There's actually video of this at the, in the credits of one of my videos. And he's just going, or it's of him going, I just threw up in this can. I just threw up in this can. <laughs> 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 that's some controlled puking right oh, there oh dude he filled it to the top and just clipped it off it was like hovering and then he just turns to us he like swallowed the rest and stopped it and he's just like so, i threw up in this can <laughs> was, he, was he drinking or smoking or oh, was yeah. he just yeah. straight dipping? yeah was all his... of it huh all of it <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm doing everything you're doing i'm, I'm adding one more to the mix yeah well, I didn't really drink, and I don't think I really um, chewed either uh, at that. Maybe I did. But, um, yeah, that was hilarious. How old were you? Uh, probably 2006 or something like that. So, like, 26? Yeah, 26? Oh. 27? Um, Dude, I'm seven and a half hours from TV land. And you are seven hours, six hours from TV what? land. Oh, yeah. Ohio is in between us. Oh, six participants. The Trevor Bond is in here. Trip. Oh, I haven't allowed Trevor. That's the issue. <laughs> he's just sitting there watching he's us. Sit, he's watching us talk shit about him. <laughs> <laughs> I promoted one of them. So there we go. I'm promoting both of the Trevor Vineses. Trevor Vineses. That way, whichever one you're actually Clint. on. There we go. Clint's on a real power trip, so he only he doesn't promote people. There's two Danny's in there too. Listen, I don't know how to get it so that. Uh oh. Oh, because they got two on next to each other. Oh. Um, which one the camera works? I'll delete the other one. Are you doing that one? I don't know. Hey, can you guys hear me and see me? Yeah. Well, we can't see you. That's better anyway. That's better anyway. You got some boner air tricks there. Loopy Lucy. I could hear the whole thing. You were telling that story about Fairbanks and Anchorage. That was a memorable trip. Yeah. That was a fun one. You didn't make any money on that, did you? No. <laughs> Very you little. got some good memories though you didn't forget about it <laughs> very little uh i was like i wasn't even driving that damn thing like how the hell am i losing stuck with the bill without driving <laughs> all right yeah there we go uh turn the other camera on see if that one works better this? Can you see it? This one? Yeah. There we go. All right. I'm going to clip the other one. I got to log on to the Amish guy's internet down the road. Perfect. That's how, that's how we do it out here. Ah. <laughs> this is literally like what half the world's doing right now is try to figure out how to stream and how to video chat how to, how to use their phones <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody 
Uh, so what I was saying is we did that winter of Monster Jams, and my favorite story about that winter of Monster Jams at Tampa. That there. Do you remember this? We were at Tampa, and we were going on to the floor, maybe for pra- I think it was for practice, and you went to clear your bike out, and then you were going too fast, and there was that big tractor <laughs> at the end of the uh, at the end of the thing. We had to turn right, and you just tucked the front end and slid underneath the tractor. Do you remember that? No, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. You went, you, sure? by, you went by me like floored to clear your bike out. And then you just go to turn. And it was like the turn come up fast. It was loose as hell. And you just like skirt the front end just washed on you slid underneath like a big ass tractor. And I was just like rode by you just laughing so hard. <laughs> onto the floor. Like, what are you doing? New guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, where'd this guy come from? He must have just got his bike last week. Oh, that was good. I laughed so hard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, dude, you're right in between us. You should come here and do your podcast. Actually. I heard you guys talking about that. Yeah. Welcome to any time. Oh, what did D. Wayne say? He said uh, he uh, has enough guys, land to make a straight You guys to get into my beer fridge, but it might hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Like a raccoon, you won't keep me out. <laughs> um, like a raccoon, we laid out in the street. So how'd you get into freestyle? <laughs> Told you we'd get kicked out. Nah, you won't get kicked out. How'd you get into freestyle? You obviously raced. I saw that you had a flyer uh, card. One of those high flyers or whatever it was, an MX card. Yeah, I was doing some outdoor nationals that summer that they did those. I, I think, I can't remember the year they had those, but um, I got hurt a lot racing. I was trying to be, you know, just like we all did, you know, do well at outdoor nationals and qualify for some super crosses. And I'd get hurt once a year, shattered ankle or broken wrist or broken hand or something, you know, to set you down for a couple months and kind of pass that whole little window of, 18 to 23 where you should be doing really well at racing if you're going to do well at racing and um the videos and stuff were a big hit at the time i actually had a little accessory store like a little bike shop i worked in a honda dealer when i was a kid and then i worked construction for a couple years and a buddy of mine had a little accessory store a state away that he was getting out of he was going to shift into like harley stuff so i bought out what he had and did used bikes and off-road stuff and um, we're selling all the crusty videos and all that. And that was real popular at the time. I remember I had a picture of Mike Metzger doing a no-footed can-can on like a fox ad out in the sand dunes. And it was just the coolest, you know. So it just inspired me to do that stuff. And um, some of the races that I was doing at the time, they'd have intermission freestyle shows. And I could actually make more money at those than I did at the race. And we didn't even realize that freestyle would take off like it did but uh it was it was just about to pop and that's when all the contests came about and uh, you know there was a few years of you know the heyday was it was pretty good money and there were a lot of contests there were a lot of events to ride so i i tried pretty hard to stay healthy and ride as many as i could for that for that window of time till i got hurt blew my shoulder apart and broke my femur and turned 30 10 days later so that kind of slowed my life down 
Is that when you decided to slow, you know, like <clears throat> step back or what? At least from contests? Yeah, at least from contests and stuff. That was right about when the backflip was happening. So, I mean, the writing was on the wall a little bit. You know, if you weren't ready to step up and do that on a regular basis, take it, you know, anywhere around the world that they wanted to see it, you were, you're, your days were numbered as a freestyle rider. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you feel on the like, high flyer card, you see that, Clint? Do you feel like, yeah? Uh, do you feel like riding that KTM when you raced was a detriment or what? No, I hated that thing. It actually <laughs> broke my ankle. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They were turds then, weren't they? It wasn't the best bike, <laughs> but I got a good deal on them, and um, yeah, you know how you get. It was actually. Um, you know, the KTM guys were pretty cool back then. They were trying to develop a, a good product at the time. And it, it just wasn't, it wasn't on par with the Jap bikes yet. Yeah. They're great now. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody knows the story and how they've progressed and where they're at in the world now. But yeah, back in, in that year, they, they weren't that good. <laughs> um, were, how long, like, were there a bunch of people racing them or probably not really? Not really. I think what the couple of the outdoor nationals I did on a KTM, like Mike Fisher, and obviously he was really good. He was like number 14, national number 14. I think like Cliff Palmer and maybe me. And I was kind of new and young, and I had a 125 and a 250. And the 250 wasn't as bad. The 125 it wasn't very good. It had false neutrals and other issues that it just it wasn't a CR125. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then you were the first person, pretty much the first guy to ride freestyle on a four stroke. Right? Yeah, me, Sean Hot, I think, had one. Yeah, I happened to have a four stroke uh, when Yamaha came out with the YZ400. I happened to have one. I was doing a lot of stuff with Pro Action at the time as far as test riding, and um, they made it into a 420. And I was just going to race. I did a couple four stroke nationals and some of the indoor stuff and I just happened to have that bike and, and it really wasn't that much heavier. It was a little bit heavier than a 252 stroke. Um, but it just happened to be what I was on at the time when 1998 unfolded like it did. Yeah, that was cool. You were uh, right off the bat with that. And then how'd you end up doing the uh, Yamaha deal? I think you had told I, me this, but this is like a hundred years ago and not everybody else knows. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was doing a lot of test riding for Dirt Rider Magazine at the time, and that was pretty fun. It didn't pay a lot, but it was it was fun, and I got to ride a lot of different bikes. Terry Beal from Yamaha would come out to the test session sometimes, and I knew how that stuff worked as far as, like, all the factories would give Dirt Rider machines and then get them back at the end of the year. And my bikes were going to different events as you know, to freestyle events across the country. So I would be sitting at home without a machine sometimes for a week or two in between events. And I asked Terry Beal, I said, Hey man, how about, can I get one of those, like, you know, loaner bikes or whatever they were at the time? You know, I didn't really, I wasn't that picky. I would have taken kind of anything, something the magazines turned back in. I mean, they were all pretty fresh. And Terry's like, yeah, let me see what I can do. And within a few weeks, it went from that to a full blown factory ride, which, uh, I never really 
expected or anticipated at the time. But uh, in fact, I thought for for sure he kind of forgot about me, and you know I was just looking for anything, just some help, just a loaner bike, and it turned into here's a couple bikes and a little bit of a salary, and here's the Yamaha book. You tell us what you need out of it, and it turned into a great deal. There was more to it than, than just that, but. Yeah, there was a few cool years of a lot of fun and a lot of doors opened. And Yeah, I mean, you definitely set the tone for professionalism in FMX, I would say, at that point, for sure. Because at that point, we were all just friggin' running around like maniacs. It was kind of easy, you know. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people were running around like maniacs. You had the metal militia. It was a pretty good example of how not to act if you want to get free stuff. And, <laughs> you know. Um, it, we were getting on television, you know. The X Games was popular. And so to be in that stuff and to be doing the number of events we were doing in front of the, the crowds that the IFMA contest would bring or – the gravity games or any of the different contests and shows we did, you know, you were there for a lot of them, Clint, like they were pulling legit numbers. And when you yeah. can tell the guys at Yamaha that this is what we're doing, I mean, they're helping guys at arena cross. Why wouldn't they help somebody at, you know, at our level in something as new as what we were doing at the time. And like, so it was a good fit for everybody. Yeah. And arena cross, you're still, unless you're winning, you're still yeah. on the track with all those people, but freestyle, we pretty much at one point during the night got on the floor all by ourselves. With the announcers talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, just they had to, you know, they filled two minutes out there a few times. If you made it through the qualifier and then the main event, you're out there a few times by yourself. And that definitely was huge as far as sponsorship potential. Yeah. For sure. Let's see what Danny D. Wayne has to say. Was Trevor with Yamaha when Nate Adams was riding with them? I think you were already out of the contest scene, weren't you? Yeah, that's when I broke my femur. And um, I rode for another season through with Yamaha. And then Nate and uh, Tommy Flowers, I think, kind of absorbed my ride, which I was happier kind of at the time to just relieve the pressure of competing at that level. Once I broke my femur, the the will to roll the dice as hard as you needed to at those big events was kind of gone. Yeah. So I was fake it, you know, and just trying to get there and, and you, I still tried to do my best, but it was, it was, it was really hard to, to just let it, you know, get your nutsack out and, and go. That's why after this last injury, I was like, you know what? We ain't going to be <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's, it's hard to mentally it's as tough sometimes to come back from a major injury as, as it is physically, you know, yeah, the, the sure. physical parts, a lot of times easy, easier, not easy femur and a blown out shoulder. That was, that was a good four months before, yeah. you know, I could timidly ride. And then, yeah, my head was, I, it was hard to get, you know, real deep into it and ride as, as loose as you need to. Yeah, it takes a while definitely to get get it back. And a lot of times you get to a point, like I said, at the end, I mean, and I'd been hurt pretty badly before that one. And I was like, eh, and I came back and then I got hurt bad again. And I was just kind of like, eh, I'm over it. 
Yeah, it takes the fun right out of it. Yeah. And if your brain's out of it, that's when you're going to go and, and get hurt again. Or at least you start thinking about it too much. Yeah, and once you start thinking about it, that's that's the hard part. It, my best events were the ones, you know, I think it was so funny that uh, whatever you had where I was talking about boner airs. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> I don't know where you found that. That's funny. That was I was young. That um, was um, the Van, 2000 Vans Triple Crown. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> uh, yeah i've been yeah. trying to get um, you on here for a while right we've gone back and forth like uh a handful of times and scheduling just hasn't worked yeah i apologize for that when i was out west it was hard with uh being on the dirt crew like a lot of time i was supposed to be in santa clara this week um build a monster jam course but obviously all that got shut I was going to go do my first Supercross at Foxborough. I was kind of pumped on that. Oh, I was going to go. On the dirt. Anyway, if you end and, up... Uh, if all you, that stuff. You end up northeast, let me know, because I'll come to whatever, Massachusetts or Jersey. They should do Jersey next year, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm right here. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of times, and that's why I had to kind of tell you no um, a few weeks ago, because I don't know what we're doing. A lot of times we go in there, we might depending on the weather, we might put in a 12 hour, 14 hour day. We might work an eight hour day and I'm kind of new on the roster. So I'm definitely just going along and I, I'm not calling when we're done or, you know, yeah. we, we have a seven thirty eight eight o'clock call time and maybe we're done at five, maybe we're done at eight and there's no, it's hard to count on. Again, a lot of it depending on the weather. A lot of times we were done building on Thursday and we just kind of had to sit around and babysit the course and make sure it's, fresh every time they went out some trucks would flip over and smash the the jackrabbits and we'd have to fix them up and easy stuff what the hell is a jackrabbit <laughs> that's okay. like a, a little booter a little real steep like a five foot tall booter with some cars in it got it maybe maybe it doesn't have cars in it but it's when we build them, they're kind of exact and they're real perfect and we get them pretty nice. And then when a truck smashes into it, it's, you can fix it, but it's tougher. You know, it's like trying to pack dirt into dry dirt into dry dirt. Oh, that always works. Well, yeah, it always works real nice. You can make it just like the first time. <laughs> Is Tim your boss? Do you got to listen to Tim? Tim's kind of kind of like my boss. He definitely gave me a lot of tips. It was good to have Tim. He was my roommate too. So, um, yeah, I I took tons of advice from Tim. Did he get moody at any point? Uh, not too much. He's pretty tough to get moody. <laughs> he's pretty. He's a pretty happy-go-lucky. He doesn't care about a whole lot. Uh, he does a great job, obviously. He's yeah. a great operator. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty hard to get him worked up. For anybody who doesn't know, Tim, we're talking about Tim Boca. He runs uh, Youngstown MX in Youngstown, Ohio. You're not even that close to there, are you? How far are you from Youngstown? Like an hour. Oh, 40, really? 50, 50 minutes, yeah. I go down there and ride often. He's oh, got a fun track. Yeah. I actually went out there probably uh, maybe last summer or the summer before. Went out there and rode a little bit. You guys should come ride them both. You guys should come here. You guys are welcome to stay yeah, here. I didn't realize you were so close there. I thought you were like further out Ohio, but. <clears throat> no, we're, I'm like, I'm an hour north of him. 
not quite, but yeah, you can come here. We can do a couple of days of riding here. Yeah. Shoot your podcast, and then we'll go down and ride at Tim's whenever night. He's, he preps his track usually once a week. Yeah, for like Wednesdays or something, I think. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, they're starting to say that they're going to have the last seven Supercross races. Do you know, uh, have you heard anything? I haven't. I think every, I mean, that's hopeful. And yeah. I think there's a good chance that they're going to do something like that, but I don't think any of us know what's going to go on. Yeah. They don't want to return that, all that ticket money. They're like, shit. You know, that's the thing about having events. That's why I'm not trying to have events and I'm going to work for somebody that has events so that I just have to worry about what I'm doing and not what happens when it rains or when the world shuts down and you have to, you know, yeah. adjust everything for, for reasons that were very unforeseen and no one, I mean, who would have ever saw this coming? Well, I hear people being like, oh, I'm not getting paid or this or that. And I'm like, yeah, neither is your company. Is. Like, how are they going to yeah. continue to pay you if they're not operating? Like, that's an obvious statement. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you can't even be – nobody can blame anybody at this point. Yeah. It's just we're, we're all on the same ride. we got to play the hand we're dealt right now. Yeah. That- hey, are you – you guys, you guys have a video or something? Uh, I can come back in like two minutes. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Okay, I'll be right back. Sorry. All right, no worries. <laughs> he didn't get it all out the first time. Let's see. What are you pulling up videos? Yeah. Well, here I'm gonna pull this up real quick. I'm trying to get on. Um, going. We're not far. That's me. Look at your. You're closed. We're almost. You're probably a little closer. Well, yeah. What you said, time wise, you were six forty, and I was six or something. But I know how far. Uh, I thought Youngstown was further than that, but who knows which way he's going? Youngstown's right there, it's south of him. Yeah, that's what he said. It's six forty, but I add like five p breaks, so it'll be all a seven and a half. <laughs> um, and eighty. See how Youngstown's on eighty. I live a mile off of 80. So I, I go somewhere. just a half hour north and I hit 80, and that's how we get around most of our shit stuff. Well, if you just drove that east almost till the very end, you'd hit me. <clears throat> One time I was going to Ohio to go to a uh, Gary Semex class, yep. and me and my buddy missed this exit right here, and we ended up somewhere in or this exit. We ended up in Michigan before we realized we were had <laughs> to turn all the way back around. We made it. Dude, I don't know where that was. I've definitely uh, missed an exit and driven for like two hours before I realized. I drove two hours and then it was like, uh, oh, fuck. I was going the wrong way. I <laughs> just turned around in the box van. There's so much more. Yeah, in the box van. That's like a four hours. That's like a $30 mess up in fuel. That's four hours plus the two hours you didn't make down the road. Yeah. You know? Let's see what we got on Trevor here. All right. Am I back? Oh, You're shit. Back. That was quick. Sorry. <clears throat> no worries. So, yeah. Uh, what was your favorite contest you ever did? Um, like course-wise or whatever. One. Like course. What was the best course you ever rode? The best course. You were in the day um, of really good courses, too. 
there was a couple. I would say so. The Blue Torch. We did one in Florida that had these were all dirt back at the time, and they they made this like the biggest jump was like 110 foot, but they had these little ponds, and you had to like jump over the over like a little river, like. You couldn't roll it. There was no checking it out. It was just over this big lake, you know, that they dug out and created all the dirt. That was a pretty cool one. Um, there was one in Guntry, Oklahoma, that had um, it was an IFMA. It was it was a big, wide open floor, and it had like a six pack as a return line. Instead, you know, we used to have like three ramps sometimes. Yeah. Well, this had like a double double. The centered one was two big doubles. There was a there was two doubles on the one side and then a six pack on the other side. That one was pretty cool. I remember showing up late to that, not to whatever, but and like I kind of missed practice, but I was still going to get a practice and to watch it was all I really got to do to judge everything. And, and I went out and just jumped everything and had a clean practice and ended up winning that night on Friday. I think I got second or third on Saturday and it was like in Kenny Bartram's backyard. I beat Kenny that night like coming off the airplane, just kind of like Clifford, Tommy Clowers, Mad Mike, they were all there. Nate Adams. I got pretty lucky a few times back in the day, but I did get a couple W's around those guys, but that was a good course. The early gravity games courses were all fun. Um, they were all dirt, all the dirt ones. That, that was the best for me. That I, I did better when, when it was more dirt and things would get rutted up and maybe a little bit rough. Um, then when it turned into just ramp after ramp after ramp, I, the reason I did better was because sometimes I'd still be able to get my tricks off and other guys would, would blow one, you know, because yeah. if there was a rut or whatever, and then that would help level the score. And that's why I wind up doing a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I've said that before, like if, uh, contests, like in the very beginning, were more on natural, terrain stuff or something or dirt i probably would have done better than ramp to ramp as well <clears throat> just from you know yep. after a while when we got to a point especially when the younger guys were coming in that didn't have the amount of racing experience and stuff and sometimes the dirt got tricky For and they sure. had a little trouble yeah you had a racing background too so yeah you could tell the difference between you know coming out of a corner if you made a little bit of a mistake you could make up for it with some clutch and you know, maybe move over. A lot of the times it would get rutted. You just move over one tire width yeah. and you got a brand new line. And yeah, that stuff all that was eliminated with, with ramps. Yeah. And we, you got to a point like in, in our time, in the beginning, especially everyone had raced, you know, and then it got to a point where it was like a lot of guys just grew up wanting to ride ramps, which is fine. But I think that <clears throat> the, uh, racing and dealing with things coming up so fast, as fast as they do in racing, you know, is a super valuable skill. A lot of these guys ride ramps and they never get into trouble. And the first time they get into trouble, they clip the top of a 12 foot landing and it's face first to the bottom, you know? And it's yeah, like, right. <clears throat> yeah. If you could, yeah. If you case some triple jumps, you'd have been a little bit better at maybe absorbing that or, exactly. or bouncing to the bottom and riding out of it. No, to I give it, you know, sometimes you land up top and it would be counterintuitive, but you got to drag your brake 
when you land to try and like set you down so you don't just bounce off of the thing. And those are all things that yeah. you're never going to learn, you know, except for years of experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, pin it, hold the thing wide open as you're as you're bouncing off the top, so that yeah, it yeah, doesn't you, just pogo you all the way to the bottom. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, what do you? Well, I guess you're tentative until you figure out what's going on here with the track. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think I'm doing anything here <laughs> this spring. Um, I'm, you know, all the Feld stuffs. I mean, things that just keep getting pushed every two weeks. There, it's further and further off. Hard to say what's going to happen. Are you going to do races at your track, or you're basically over that? You're just doing. Um... I'm. 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 I didn't sign up for any this year. This is the first year in like 15 years I haven't had any sanctioned races. But um, yeah, I don't know. I might be. I'm kind of over it. Kind of over it. It's with the weather and just the orchestration of all the people that it takes to make a, a good event come off uh well is it, it takes a lot you know and then you're gambling on the weather and you know there 20 years ago people didn't have you know phones in their pockets with the weather apps and they weren't riding ten thousand dollar four strokes and you know a mud day at the races was just another day at the races and some people didn't ride but most of them did now nobody's even coming hardly and then the ones that do, you know, there'll be a few, but it's hard on their machines and you can't blame them for not wanting to do it. And then it's hard on the whole staff and hard on, you know, me and, you know, the financial situation of it. And that's if, you know, it goes bad, which it's a gamble around here. Um, I'd rather just, it's easier for me to, if, if the weather's nice, I can do practice with me and a couple people and we get to track pretty good and keep it good for five or six hours um the bigger race day you have like i had 480 last year for that ama race and we started at eight in the morning and we weren't done till six something at night and you know the last couple hours of the day it was hot and dry and it's hard to keep the track you know really good all day long like that so i don't know i just for the, the equipment i have and the staff i have it's easier to just kind of step back and, and and do practice a little more enjoyable for me yeah less stressful less stress what's the turnout like on, on a good weekend i mean is it um yeah i get 100 a little over 100 riders for a practice day that sounds like a good good little day yeah not bad. Some days it's, you know, it depends on how often I've been open and, you know, you get into the summer and it might be half of that depending on what else going on. If, you know, if guys have been out riding a lot, but sometimes it might be 150 in the springtime when everybody's itching to ride and you get a nice day. So, and you have to split it up and it was just good. You know, if I have to split practice into three groups, that's, that's a busy day. And it's better than having a real job. It keeps me from, going and punching a clock somewhere i don't mind punching the clock for feld and doing you know, i don't punch a clock for him but you know what i mean kind of report to duty and and be there through the whole you know no matter what it takes till it's over type deal but um, that's kind of fun and again to do it um on great equipment where it's a big show but it, the responsibility is not all on me that's that's kind of nice yeah for sure 
Uh, no, and I agree with you. I like jobs where it's like a task oriented. Hey, this is what we got to do. Make this event. This is the date. You yeah. know what I mean? Let's hustle yeah. and make it happen. And then you take a little break after that. I don't like the like every fucking day, like all day long. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, that's definitely less fun. And, and then something repetitive would be I'd probably want to bullet to the temple if if i had to do the same thing seven o'clock to four every day every day every day yeah that's not fun for me yeah. a lot of the stuff i do around here isn't fun for me i'm not a big fan of maintenance on equipment and a lot of it i have to do and whatever you just do it yeah but i don't i like running the tractors i like driving the water truck i like creating and building you know probably more than anything but um a lot of times it's just keep the grass cut, keep the, you know, I'm weed eating. I'm doing, I'm doing all kinds of redneck stuff. <laughs> I don't mind. Be shocked that I'm doing. <laughs> I don't mind cutting. Here's the thing. I only like, really, we were only around each other. Like, you know, not like a super, you know, big amount. I wouldn't say probably a dozen times, a dozen events yeah. or so, maybe a couple more. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean like the, the, of what I knew of you, like I said, as far as looks, you, all your shit was always very clean. And normally like I, when I think redneck, I think of like Ed Rossi, do you know Ed Rossi? I kind of don't, I know his name <laughs> with the Mohawk on his helmet. Uh, who do you know? Good. Cody, uh, Cody, um, Cody Kavanaugh. Yep. Yeah, he's a fucking redneck. Like, you could tell by his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was still a racer, so I came from the um, the background of you know try to keep it clean, try to keep it looking good. I wanted to be sweet. I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, yeah. sorta. You can. One year, I just made the ugliest bike I could, just because I was everybody's bike already looked better. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go completely the other way. But that was a bad idea. Well, and yeah, <laughs> well, when I first started on that four stroke, I turned the whole thing black and put some Harley stickers on it for a couple weekends. This was before I had anything to do with Yamaha. This was when I bought the thing. But in 1998, that's when that bike came out. So if I'd go to a fairgrounds and we'd have a race, that's this is actually this is a funny story how I kind of got sucked into um pace fmx at the or pace wasn't fmx it was pace motorsports right there yeah. that was felled they, yep. they go back through like clear channel and sfx sfx yeah uh, live nation all the live nation yep. and pace sro was one of their first yep. names well i'd go to a fairground and race but when you know kind came time to jump you know if i'm doing a heel clicker on a black bike that easily sounds different you know it's a four stroke versus the two strokes and there weren't the four stroke thing wasn't as obvious as it is now you know everybody kind of knows now but you know your grandpa's up there going dude that's a harley you can hear yeah, it yeah it, it sounds different right i've heard people so come up and proud. ask you about the diesel bike got the diesel bike and if, you, if they're putting <laughs> 800 or a thousand bucks up for a jump contest and i can get a heel clicker off over jumping the double out you know it's on the the grandstand, um, you know, the main one, they, you know, how fair races yeah. were, they're pretty small tracks and they maybe have a big double. Yeah, exactly. 
just over jump it, get a heel clicker off, point at the crowd. Like there weren't too many tricks at the time, but you know, bounce the thing off the rev limiter and, and make it sound different. And, and it's black and it's a Harley, like I uh, won their hearts pretty easy. And <laughs> it makes a little bit of extra money. And it was just funny at the time. And, um, Roy Jansen called the local Harley dealer. Do you know who Rob Vitus is? Yep. No. Yeah. He, he announces some outdoor nationals. And he does the pit bike stuff. He, he's pretty heavy in the industry, um, street and off-road wise. But anyhow, he, um, he worked at the Harley dealer at the time. And Roy Jansen called him and says, hey, who do you have on Harley Davidson that's doing heel clickers? And he kind of had to let the cat out of the bag and tell him, no, this is a buddy that has a, you know, a new Yamaha four stroke and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, that'd be great. I'd like to have him come and do some, uh, some early monster jam events. And that's kind of how I got in with John Siggins Monday and pace at the time. And then I did a lot of events for him, you know, and that was a couple years before the IFMAs even started. You were doing you were doing South, uh, Florida and stuff like that for Monster Jam, and I was doing the Northeast at the time. I was doing like uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire and shit like that. Yep, yeah, those were fun times. Those ramps were kind of uh, weird though. Yeah, they didn't. They we didn't have it figured <laughs> out yet. They were <laughs> like a four foot kicker. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, did you guys have one with the wings put on it for the quads? Yes. Yeah, they like bolted these wings on. They made the ramp, and then they like bolted these wings to the outside because they had quads on yeah. it. But like, I would the, never, never go out that wide. The, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't trust those wings. <laughs> the ramp was so like weird. If you like leaned forward a teeny bit, you nosedive like crazy, and then if you were like back just a little bit, you were looped out. Like they weren't. They were just super inconsistent. It was weird. Yeah, that was, uh, I guess I'd probably just remember the good stuff, the nostalgia of how, you know, all it took was five or six tricks to keep everybody entertained and happy, and the competition wasn't too thick. But, yeah, the jumps did kind of suck back then a little bit. <laughs> um, we came away with figuring out that stuff. Uh, our One of our listeners, John, asked if you invented any tricks. You uh, invent the sterilizer, didn't you? Nah, Cliffy did it first. Uh. Clifford out of Tante did that like a week before I did. I was going to do it because uh, like Sink Mars and I think Clifford, they would land with one foot up there. And I'm like, I'm going to land with two feet up there. And Clifford did it first. And then I did it. And then we kind of did that for a while. There weren't too many people doing it. There, then there were a few kids. Um I really didn't invent anything. I think I did a McMetz and landed it no hands first, but I don't know if that really counts as doing inventing anything. Um, you invented the hose grab. The hose grab. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I guess I did. Well, that was just an Indian air. And, and it was easier for me to make it look a little bit bigger because, yeah, the you're grabbing like six inches higher up and a little bit further back. And so it, it kind of gets you off the bike a little bit more. I'm going to edit that out because you said the hose grab and you're like, makes it look a little bigger. You just grab it a little further back. 
A hose grab. <laughs> this sounded, um, that's just some uh, 39 cents a foot radiator hose. Oh, I know. I seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Better edit that out, too. Because <laughs> Travis had that steel bar or something, and I'm like, that is a horrible idea. You're just going to. I think that's Travis. Travis Pastrana had a steel yeah. bar. He had a couple of them back there, like, TIG yeah. welded on. Exactly. Like a whole cage. Yeah. I'm like, this is a horrible idea. You're just going to ruin your taint if you over jump or something and end up on the back yeah. of the bike. He blew wow. his taint out. He could have, easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was fun about back in the day. People were still cutting fenders, cutting seats. It's like everybody was figuring out I was gonna what ask do we that. need. You what never we cut we fenders, need? did you? Yeah. I, there were definitely some... We were trying all kinds of different stuff. It made a difference back then. Like, if you got a fifth or if you got a second at any of those IFMA contests, like... That would make a five hundred or eight hundred dollar difference in your paycheck. Yeah. So it paid to to try hard and and be creative and the uh, you know sometimes there was a tenth of a point between riders and the judges. The whole criteria was new and they were still discovering like what was what. I mean that was a it was a different time. You, I mean, being creative. It, it might have bumped me up a, a place or two a couple times. And again, that might be 200 bucks a place. So, yeah, worth it. Like the, um, it. when you rode with the earpiece, how much did that, that help? Yeah. How many times you did that at that um, man's triple crown? You ever do it again? Yeah. No, it did. It didn't. It didn't really help. A couple times it just kind of messed me up. But you know what it did was um, back then when we had, that's when the courses were being condensed. And so now we were back to like three ramps or maybe four ramps, but um, so you're just going to go back and forth and you're going to do four jumps off of this ramp, eight jumps off of that ramp and four jumps off of this ramp in an arena. And for sure, if you repeat a trick, you know what that is, you know, you're yeah. going to get a demerit for that. If you, if you, if you missed a trick, that's going to, that's going to cost you a little bit. So if you can put together, you know, in a two minute run, we did, we had 16 or 18 jumps that we could get off in two minutes. So they all had to be different. They all had to be good. Um, if you, if you have to think about it, I mean, you remember how tight those courses were by the time you come out of the corner, you're at the ramp. So if you're really thinking hard, it's not going to, it's probably not going to flow like it could. If it, I went from my sponsor at the time, HJC helmets, they had those, uh, whatever they were called it, it was called some, a chatterbox i think is what what it was and they gave me one to use and it worked a little bit having your buddy tell you you know what to do next but eventually i, I graduated from that pretty quick and just started memorizing my run yeah and it sounds weird but it um that made a big difference and and i would get to an, an event and just um just pound into my head just go over it and over it and over it like a like a comedian or, a, you know, anybody doing Well, that's you know, what I was saying. That, I, I do that now with sets, but I never did that with, with the runs. I would yeah, go over them like right? twice and look I at I think it helped me at the time because I was doing it probably a little earlier than a lot of people, and they yeah. probably thought I was pretty goofy, but um, I, I had solid runs. If I could remember, if I could memorize what I was doing 
you know, some of the jumps, it felt like, you know, a double grab might come easier off this or the judges are a little closer. So I'm going to do an Indian air toward them over here. And then you put all that together. I would write them all down. I have notebooks still from back when I did contests. Nice. I would get there and we'd have practice and I'd figure out what I was going to do. And then I would just go and sit and just try to memorize it as hard as I could. Um, I, it made a difference. It, it actually did help. But the, the chatterbox thing, somebody telling me what to do, kind of, that was a stepping stone toward learning how to yeah. do that, realizing, <laughs> discovering that that was, it was kind of necessary. Well, and, and like now, like they don't have two minute runs anymore, but Tom Pagez knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Easily see that he definitely knows what's coming next and, and he goes and, and crushes it. So, well, even like you were saying, people are so close, tenths of points. I had my runs on my bar, but so in those IFMAs, they were really tight. So you had to land, slow down so slow and try to re figure out where you were. And yep. it could end up being an extra jump by the end of it. And I would get I would get an extra jump on guys that did that. Mad exactly. Mike wrote his down and I could see him looking down. And when he was looking down, I was trying to race into the corner. Yeah. And it, it did. It made a difference it, back then for me, you know. I, I needed every edge I could get. I wasn't, I wasn't probably a top three rider. I probably was barely in the top five. I was a five to 10 rider maybe, but being able to do that and put some of those things together. And if those guys did, if Tommy Clowers or mad Mike made a mistake, yep. that's when I, that's when, you know, the judging went my way a little bit. You got to be so, there to, you know, you got to be right there to take uh, advantage of that stuff. Yep. It, it helped me at the time. You know, I had good motivation being the Yamaha thing, you know, was I the most deserving of that at the time? Probably not, but, but I got it. And so it de definitely gave me some motivation to practice more and try to learn more tricks. I was trying to, I tried to learn every trick, but some of the stuff, like I just, I could never do a KOD like Mad Mike. Me either. <laughs> do some of the tricks, you know, I could do a sterilizer, <laughs> but you know, some tricks I think were easier for some riders than, yeah. than other tricks. Everybody had a little bit of that going on. Yeah. I've had things that I learned like lazy boys. I learned them in like five hits and then I know right? people that could do KOD flips and are like, I can't do a lazy boy. And I'm like, are you like, you can't get any closer to your motorcycle. How can you not do, how can you not do that? Yeah. Right. Uh, I can't do a lazy boy flip. I can't do any flip tricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant just I a regular lazy boy. I was saying they could do a, a super flip, and then they're like, I can't do a lazy boy. And I'm like, oh, that's, right, right. I'm I like, gotcha. that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. I've had people say that. They're like, I want to learn lazy boy so bad. And I'm like, that seems silly with all the tricks you do that you cannot do a lazy boy. Yeah, come on out here. We'll you and I will teach them in an afternoon. Yeah, easy, easy. Nick, do Nick, we'll you do that on do the podcast. Boys? I need to learn lazy boys. You, all right, easy. Okay. I got a couple of. I got three ramps. I got a super kicker. I've got an old X Games ramp that's set up kind of close. It's pretty, pretty easy. Oh, we watch your videos. Yeah, and I got another <laughs> free ride ramp. I think I might have a little different course than from the video. I've been growing onto it. Oh, it's got yeah. that rhythm section, and then now there's like two in a row after it. Nice. Maybe I don't know. I, yeah, I only caught some of that, but 
Um, still waiting on a one-handed or no-handed sterilizers. I actually did a no-handed sterilizer off of like a 10-foot double once. And I like, one time I I did it like two times. I would wrap my legs under the bars kind of, so my bars were stuck in my knees. And yeah. um, I landed and I kind of went sideways. And luckily the front end dug and like stood me up, but I was for sure about to crash. So I was like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I thought you were, thought you were <laughs> going to say you suctioned your asshole to the seat or something. <laughs> I don't know how you'd even do no-handed sterilizer. I wrapped my knees around like... Uh, I was going to call bullshit. Right off the bat. <laughs> no, it was in, it was on this like 10-foot double in Florida. And like I said, I did it probably twice. And then the second time I squirreled out and for sure thought I was going down. And it like stood itself up. The front happened to dig. And I was like, all right, I'm not doing that. He's like, I swear, but no one was there. But it did happen. It did happen. I believe you. Somebody was there. I don't remember. I believe for a second. Yeah, that's a, that's a good trick. People didn't even care about the sterilizer once the backflip came out. No. And there's way more people doing backflips than there are sterilizers. But That's true. Or no-handed landers, even. No-hand landers kind of fell away, too, lately. Yeah, because, listen, it could go south very quickly, like, and you have no control of that. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're just yeah. on your oh, face. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, I got a, a video of me almost ripping off an ass cheek, fucking up on a sterilizer. Yep, that's happened. Dude, it fucking, it was just a little one too. It just bounced and then. <laughs> yep. To like uh, rock hard dirt. But that's, I was the little grom watching you guys. Like I could do a sterilizer. See what you did? And then yeah. I, was, I was like, okay, I don't need to fucking do a sterilizer. <laughs> Everyone's over him. I did a couple and I was like, this is too, uh, this can get out of control really fast. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and then people started flipping and like you said it didn't matter then it was all about that <laughs> which took me i was a little bit late to that party but there was uh there were a couple years there early on where if you had like a flip and a one-handed flip and like a baby knack flip you would smoke a double grab and a sterilizer and a mcmets and all like it didn't even matter you couldn't even you could there were kids that didn't really have any tricks but the flip and they would come and start to get paid more than us. And that kind of was, um, you know, that was, it, there's the door <laughs> over there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a sign <laughs> that, you know, probably need to find something better to do. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, a lot of guys came in and learned to flip early and then did still progress. But there was also guys that came in and learned to flip and that was the only thing. And then they just exited as well. Yeah. Or or like the people learned to flip but didn't get it down super well. So then once they started going to different setups and setup was different, then all of a sudden they were having issues with it. For sure. If it get a little bit slick or um, get an arena. Yeah. Then we had a couple of years there around that time when they took the dirt out remember that yes and we did a lot of concrete floors that sucked i hated that yeah <laughs> that that made me just want to quit like between that and foam pits when they were like we're gonna pour some coca-cola on the floor you guys be ready to practice here in about a half hour when it gets sticky i was like no nah, i don't think i'm really having that much fun anymore yeah it got slippery fast there all it right it just wasn't even fun you know like if you over jumped and 
they'd slide into the dashers and blowing wheels out and just, yeah oh i remember was the first this is uh funny that i just remembered this now was the first metal ramp you ever hit my box fan no um no i did the warp tour and we had metal ramps uh, on the warp tour metal and wood but i do remember that and i overjumped <laughs> somewhere back east in new york or somewhere yep, exactly you guys had Kind of maybe set up a little bit small because you had a smaller landing, and then yeah. I think it just had like it was a small expanded landing. metal, so yeah. you could see through the takeoff. Yep. And that was a bit of a trip, and then I didn't want to eat the front of the van. That was before airbags, <laughs> and uh, and I probably went a little bit long, and I think I blew my wheel out, and I think I brought Renner a bike. Yeah. So I, I I used his wheel and I blew his wheel out. So yep. me and Renner had to sit the it out. Two, and, and that, the that just two names. The promoter. He was like, dude. <laughs> the two like, names. I popped up, I, you know, and I was like, sorry, man. The rest of us are nobody. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit. The two, the two guys that anybody came to see. The, Tr- Trevor just takes both of them out, like, just in practice. I'm just like, two now front, they, Two front wheels out. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, practice. now that we just got the these. The only time I hit it, too, like, I hit it once, blew the wheel out, hit it again, blew another wheel out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, hey, you, you know Travis Willis, right? Yeah. So he was just on some of the Monster Jams. He's down there. Um, he's doing some work for Feld in the merch areas and stuff. He's a cool guy. Do you remember, did you do the DeLand? Yes. Outside of Daytona there. Yep. Did you do that? Did you oh, do yeah. both years? Yes, I did. Yeah. He, the first year was really good. And that's the year he was involved. And then the second year, like, I guess, I don't know. I just saw him this winter and he brought it back up to Don. And it was because I'd kind of forgotten about it, but he, um, he was saying that the first year was his and, and they had like dirt. It was good. And then the next year he brought in, the promoter brought in somebody else's ramp and it was kind of sketchy and we didn't get a lot of practice the, no, for whatever I think, reason. I think and it was on that those. field down there in the land that they shot um, the water boy on yep. with Chandler. So it was all grass on this football field and we didn't jump until we jumped a little bit for practice. And then we jumped again at like at dusk. And by then the grass had gotten a little bit wet. And I do remember like, I think I hit the thing one time. I, I landed, just ate shit, washed the front end out in the slick grass, took out a speaker box. <laughs> do you re- was like, yeah, whatever, I'm done with that. Do you the remember- first year was good, and it was a yeah. good show. The second year when they had sketchy ramps, those were a thing for a minute. Back he had his day. own ramps built. That The first year he used our ramps or something. And the second ramp, second, I was there for the first one. I, I was there with Travis and helped carry all the plywood onto the field and put the dirt down and everything. Um, and yeah. then the second year, he had his own ramps built and he had them painted that day. And they were yeah. still like wet. The one was wet when they brought it in. Do you remember? Yeah, um, I do. That's Thorny? why we didn't get the practice. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. And then when the grass got wet, it was like, all bets are off. Like this just got. <laughs> Do you remember Thorny? He went to hit it and he jumped off of the side of the ramp and his back wheel slid up it and he just got yeah. body slammed and bounced off of the, off of the dirt. 
And then they had somebody come in with sanders and they sanded the, I was like, this paint is slick as shit. Like, so they came in with sanders and they sanded the whole, uh, like wrote like belt sanders or something. And they sanded the whole face, all the whole thing down. And then we, uh, um, Thorny was putting new bars on his bike because he bent them, and then Jonesy hit it, and Thorny was mad. He was like, and then he Thorny hit it second anyway, and he was like, I still would have been first if I didn't have to change my bars. <laughs> <laughs> like, settle down, It dude. wasn't a contest. It was just a show. That's when I learned not, Nick, that's oh, when I learned not to follow Jonesy off of any jumps. Cause he hit that thing in practice at one of those yeah. to land ones. He's a bah, 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 bah. So I'm like, Oh fuck, we got to fucking juice it. No, I landed like 15 feet past any bit of landing at all. <laughs> Listening to Jones. And then pastor was at the one Remember, And he over jumped and then went straight into the stage and like blew the CDI out on his bike. Cause it was like, right behind his number plate and that was it he made one jump in the whole thing yep and then we went to razzles and then we went to razzles <laughs> <laughs> we're over it let's get out of here let's have some fun that's how we did it we had a lot of fun back then it was a good time i remember uh one of the we we went to hooters i know for sure me and jonesy were there and we run into mcgrath's dad and we're talking to his dad and he Mike's like, he does freestyle too. And he goes, what's your name? And I told him, he goes, I never heard of you. Or how come I haven't heard of you? And I was like, I guess I'm not that good. And he's just, (laughs) I was like, this is a tough crowd. Yeah. (laughs) And that's McGrath's dad. What the fuck am I going to say to the guy? I'm just like, oh, well. Yeah. Like he's, uh, he's definitely, I mean, you're not, not saying shit. That's a tough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah how are you gonna impress him yeah that's a tough sell that's hey dude i do freestyle hey dude my kid invented a knack yeah. <laughs> m1 73 supercrosses and yeah eight championships supercross championships. eight championships what's your name again kid yeah yeah, yeah he didn't he's hard to impress him he was pretty cool though and he's then, real cool jack and grass a great guy yeah so is jeremy he's a great dude too he's real humble and um, I yep. was actually that's he was riding for Yamaha when I was and I went overseas with him a couple of times and he's a super nice guy yeah I met but, him once I got a friend that's good friends with him and uh, uh, he's like have you ever met McGrath and I was like no and then he took me over and we had like a five minute conversation and I'm just like what the fuck is going on yeah, it's kind of hard <laughs> to not be intimidated when you're standing next to the king. Yeah. And he's real cool. He's yeah. laid back and he'll talk to you just like a normal person. But yeah, it's hard to say all the right stuff sometimes. I told him, I was like, listen, I said, you're the man. He goes, I appreciate that. And I'm like, seriously, if you're my age and grew up watching Supercross, you're the friggin' man. Like, there's no way around it. Nobody can say yeah. anything else. Yeah, he yeah. this guy yeah. got a collection of McGrath helmets behind him. Broke them on all. His wall. Nice. <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, we'll let you go. We did the hour and a half. Well, I guess it's like 15, but that's fine. Hour and 15. You need to get back to your uh, all-day IPAs, it looks like. <laughs> I was trying to be good. 
<laughs> well, now you I can... actually um, I actually grow some hops here, and I've got um, I've got a, a good IPA that I made of, with all my hops. Uh, why don't you make like a freestyle beer or something like that? Just call it like FMX beer. Free rider. There you go. Good. Yeah. Well, you guys will have to come and test it. All right. We got to plan something. Yeah, yeah. Let's strip out of it. Maybe we'll do a uh, illegal quarantine ride off the books. Well, it'll be. Yeah, we could do that. We could do a beer. We could sit six feet apart and taste some beers and. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, Pop leave the, leave that on that table. I'm gonna walk over to it next. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that actually sounds really fun. Maybe a ride day or something out there, like a two wheels and TV land ride day or something. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, well, I'll definitely keep in touch. I'll hit you up on uh, Messenger and get your number and shit. That way, we don't gotta go to through stupid Facebook. And uh, definitely the summer, once we're released from our cages, then uh, we'll come yep. out there for sure. All right. Yep. But uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know whatever scheduling is, it is what it is. Sometimes you're just busy. So, uh, but Thanks for having me. Yeah, I apologize that um, I was busy here the past couple of months. But um, yeah, yeah, now how nobody's dare doing you. anything. So anytime you guys want to. Hey, uh, actually, we do watch. We've been watching old events. So let me go through and watch, and we'll find some uh, old events that you're on. And then uh, maybe we'll set it up where you can watch with us. Because I always like to have people that were at the event or wrote it or something when we do like old school companions. That way, you know, you get more insight from somebody that was there versus us just sitting here watching the thing. Yeah, sure. That'd be cool. I'd, that'd be fun to look back at some of those. I mean, they definitely feel like a lifetime ago, but I remember a lot of them like they were yesterday. The gravity games, the, you know, some of those big dirt courses were, they're, they're still fresh in my mind, but that was, uh, there was some interesting things, you know, when, with guys like, like Twitch and Scummy, Colin Morrison, they were like 17 at the time yeah, and very talented, but uh, out of control the, yeah the, the, the <laughs> level of care that they were bringing to, <laughs> to their attitudes was uh it was fun to watch to say the least. <laughs> that's the thing but, you were uh, around during an era and like at all these big contests during an era that everybody still looks back at you know and is very fond of because you know it was the inception and there was a lot of excitement and like you said every event there was almost a new trick you yeah, know, and hardly some, anybody took any of that serious. And though. some people like, made shit up in their runs. And during, like, crack from when we unloaded bikes until, you know, the cameras were rolling and what they cut for TV was, it, it probably looked a little more professional than it really was. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Everybody's soft now. They're gnarly, but they're soft at the same time. Actually, some a couple are. Some of the Australians are not. I do have to yeah, say they're that not, they're they can hang. Balls. They hang. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We were. I mean, we also had to do five tricks. It was a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did sea grab Indian air and a and a pendulum and a, you know what I mean, a lazy boy, and that was it. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna. We're gonna sign off of the internets.
And then uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you uh, Friday. We have the Fresno Smooth viewing with Jeff Emig, uh, Seth, Bubba, Adam Barker, and we ju- I just added Jerry Bernardo. Oh, really? That's yeah. going to be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everybody try and check in for that. So, all right, we're out.